You know, pastors talked this morning. He got, well, he, he didn't talk. It wasn't a good talk. It was a preach. Hallelujah. And uh, anyway, mentioned a lot about the glory of God. We've been tuning into different places where people are sharing. And it seems like that, that that's a, a good thing that's running through the body of Christ right now is that we need to be prepared for greater glory. Everybody say greater glory. We've seen some awesome things, but I truly believe with all of my heart, we ain't seen nothing yet. Pardon my English, but you get the point. We ain't seen nothing yet. He has saved the best for last and we are stepping into it and I am excited about it. Pastor briefly this morning mentioned some real quick definitions of glory and I just want to reiterate a couple of things. The word glory it literally comes from the Hebrew word kabod and I know that's not how you say it but it's C H A B O D and it's just literally means God's manifest presence loaded Heavy with every conceivable good. That just makes me happy right there. Woo! When God shows up, he doesn't show up with anything bad. When God comes on the scene, he never comes empty-handed. He never comes broke, busted, or disgusted. God comes loaded down with every conceivable good. Because God is good. God is love. God is peace. God is joy. There's no sickness in heaven when he manifests health and healing spring forth. And that's what happens when we give him place in our corporate setting and in our individual lives. The God of goodness shows up. Doesn't the Bible say in that famous Psalm, Psalms 23, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Guess what, folks? You are his house. This building is a corporate place, a setting for the presence of God. But you and I are the house of the Lord. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. We want to center in on you and I individually being carriers of his glory. I love what happened here yesterday. I am blessed about what happened at the Zucchini Festival. Because you know the glory of God. It doesn't just manifest when we come together. The glory of God is when we touch somebody with the love of Jesus. It's when we lay hands on the sick and they recover. And his tangible presence is felt in their lives. There were 185 people that prayed to receive Jesus at the Zucchini Festival. To me that's the glory of God. You know why? Because heaven came down and glory filled their soul. Those people are changed. 96 people yesterday here at the Backpack Outreach prayed to receive the Lord. That's harvest. That's 
That's the glory of God. When little children come up to receive their backpack, at least 250 were given away. And they were walking down the aisle. Pastor and I were sitting there. These little kids kept looking over at us and smiling. And we had a whole row of little girls that came over one by one and wanted to hug us and thank us. And as I saw this one little boy walking down the aisle, now these backpacks were heavy. We just talked about that the glory of God is heavy and weighty with everything good. Those backpacks were weighed down and they were heavy with everything good. Some of those little guys were walking like this because they were so laden down with the goodness of God. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. We shouldn't have the attitude about the glory of God, about the goodness of God. A little dab will do me. I don't want a little dab. I want all that he has for me. My heart is wide open. How about yours? And saying, Lord, here I am. Fill me with your glory. I'll be a carrier. I'll be a vessel of honor, fit and meet for the master's use. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. He's looking for a place. He's looking for people that he can manifest himself unto and flow through. Good friend of ours, Lynn Hammond, said this one time she was praying and the Lord said to her, the way that I bless the world is through the transmission of myself. And how does God transmit himself to the world? You know how? Look at your neighbor and say, through you. Then point to yourself and say, through me. We're the carriers of the glory of God. Years ago, the Lord gave me a title. And you know, time, time flies when you're having fun. I thought, oh, I just preached that. But you know, I looked at it and it was 10 years ago. <laughs> that's a while. Lord gave me his title, Glorious or Grungy. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Are we the glorious church filled with his glory? Or are we a grungy, ragtag bunch of folks no we're not all right i'll just tell you right now we are not grungy you don't want to be grungy you want to be glorious so that we can affect change in the world to affect change you have to be affected you have to be infected Sometimes you have to be inspected. <laughs> Got to spit shower there. Sorry about that. Inspected. He was sweaty anyway. He needed a little shower. Inspected by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Holy spit. <laughs> There's a cause for us to let the floodlight of the Holy Spirit shine in our hearts. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 In the New King James, it says, For this reason I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this particular passage, I like the King James because it says, For this cause I bow my knees. There is a cause for us to bow before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's a cause 
for us to pray for the lost. But there is also a cause for us to bow in his holy presence and to say, let the floodlight of the Holy Spirit search my heart. Like the psalmist David, he said, search me, O Lord. Try my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, see if there's anything in me that's not pleasing to you. Sometimes when we get quiet in the presence of God and he begins to maybe deal with our, our heart and he'll say, you know, you need to make an adjustment there or you need to make an adjustment here. You know what the first reaction is? Oh, I think I'm going to dance now. And he's saying, no, I'm talking to you. Oh, I need to pray for this and pray for that. No, there's a cause to bow. There's a cause to get quiet in his presence and let him deal with us. Let him change us from one degree of glory to the next. And when the Holy Ghost deals with us, it's not a thing of condemnation. It's a thing of, hey, I want you to grow. I want you to come up higher. I'm inspecting the troops. Did you know that we are in the Lord's army? We got a job to do. It wouldn't work in the army of the United States of America or any branch in our military services. If some soldier got up one morning and said, I just don't feel like putting on those boots. I think I'll go to roll call or whatever they call it. I think I'll go in my flip flops. I'm really tired this morning. I think I'll just go out there in my pajamas. Do you think that his sergeant or his commanding officer would say, oh, that's okay. No, when they go down the line and inspect the troops, if if their little shoe's not tied right, they get rebuked because there is a cause. There's discipline involved. There's training involved because they're teaching and instilling them into them. You need to be ready for action. At any moment, you need to know your part. You need to be trained. And that's what the Holy Spirit is saying for us. He's looking for a glorious church. He's looking for a church that's ready to be called up to action. We're on action 24-7, whether you know it or not. You're in active service of the Lord. So let's look over here tonight and see how important it is for us to be the glorious church. Ephesians chapter 5. We'll start at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That has nothing to do with my message, but I just wanted to read it because Pastor Mark is here. (laughs) I love you. Actually, I read it for Reverend George's benefit. Husbands... Love your wife. (laughs) Terry's going, thank you, thank you. Anyway, back to the word. Verse 26. Yeah, pastor. Well, I think he does pretty good. He's good. He's good. Verse 26. (laughs) Now, this is what we want to get to. Just want to see if y'all were awake. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water. By the word, verse 27, that he might present her to himself, a grungy church, 
What kind of a church? A grumpy church? A grouchy church? A strifey church? A sicky church? That's not even a word. Sickly? (laughs) A brokey church? What kind of a church? Oh, thank you. You got it. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. What kind of a church? His glory, his presence on us means this, that we are going to be bright and shiny. We're going to be peace filled when the world is in turmoil. We're going to be filled with joy when everybody else is sad. We're going to be glad. Amen. We're going to be filled with the love of God. We're going to be blessed to be a blessing. That's what a glorious church is. A glorious church is one that is filled with God himself inside minded not about what's going on out here but about who lives on the inside of me amen there's a cause there is a cause we're called to be the glorious church how's this going to happen well he gave us a clue through the washing of the word the word of God Washes away the things of this world. I know many of you work in difficult situations and environments that are not glorious. Deal with hard people maybe all day long. But you know what? You can come home at night and say, okay, I'm going to take a bath in the word of God. I'm going to wash that strife off of me. I'm going to wash all that anxiety off of me. Now, I would not know anything about this in the natural, but some of you may remember that old commercial, gonna wash that gray right out of my hair. <laughs> of course, I don't know anything about that. Some of you are way too young to remember that. But that's literally, we need to almost see that happening. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna take a bath in the Word of God. Now, since I mentioned that about my hair, this just comes to me, and it, it's probably not by the Holy Ghost, but it's cute. We were just down in Living Land. For some of you that don't know what that is, Living Land is uh, where we go and visit our granddaughter, Olivia. They live in Orange County. And Papa, Pastor, and I were brave enough to take her to Disneyland one day all by ourselves. That was an adventure. The pastor informed her, we're going to do the Papa. Rides, So we went on all the nice calm rides. But anyway, he did excellent, by the way. I'll give him an A+. Plus. But uh, he'd had enough, so he was going to go wait for us at this restaurant. And I got the bright idea that I was going to ride the monorail, which required us to fold the stroller. And strollers in my day, you just slapped them and then... But these things are like, wow, you got to be a genius. A button here and a button there. Yeah, an engineer. So I'm trying to fold it. The monorail is coming. And so 
I asked these teenage kids that worked there if they could help me. Of course, no. So I said to Livy, ask Jesus to help Grammy. We got to fold this fold. She's watching me sweating and trying to fold it. And out of the blue, she says to me, Grammy, you don't know everything, do you? I said, well, obviously not. Don't know how to fold this stroller. But then this was a kicker. She said, you don't know everything because you don't have brown hair. Oh, yes, she did. So, all righty then. I'm like, so of course, the first thing I do to ask John is, are you telling her blonde jokes? But this was, you know, seriously, I could have said, well, actually, Grammy possibly could have brown hair, but who really knows? But (laughs) didn't want to confuse her. But John had told her one day, she's so observant, she's only three. She observed that he had brown hair and she thinks her daddy can do everything. And he knows everything. Her mommy has brown hair. She has brown hair. So one day she was observing different colors of hair and said they all had brown hair. And John says, yes, we all have brown hair and we're very smart. And she put that together that because Grammy couldn't fold the fold the stroller, she wasn't all that sharp, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> we got on that because why? Because we're gonna wash that gray right out of our hair. Anyhow. Oh yeah. It's kind of funny though, wasn't it? Through the washing of the word. We are sanctified. We are purified. We are holy. We become more and more like him. There's no way that we're going to be carriers of his glory. There's no way that we're going to escape being grungy and contaminated by the things of this world unless we meditate in the word. And we allow our minds to be renewed by the word of God. That is the battlefield. It's in our mind. Our spirits are sanctified. Our spirits are holy. But our minds will give us trouble. Anybody ever had a battle in their mind? Anybody ever had to deal with fear? You get a report here or a report there. And what, it, what happens sometimes? It attacks your mind. It overwhelms your mind. And when that begins to happen, don't sit and meditate on the lies of the devil. Go to the word of Almighty God and find out what he says about fear. He said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. He says in his word, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. We will do what we need to do to wash ourselves with the word of God. Now, then I like here in verse 27. We read it, but I want to reiterate it. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle. This he gave us an illustration of a bride presenting herself to her husband 
The rest of this chapter, it, it dealt with the husband and the wife relationship. He's relating the two. Just as a bride presents herself to her husband, we, the church, are to present ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ. Many of you remember your wedding day. There was preparation. There was separation. There was possibly intervention, whatever it took to get you looking a certain way for your bride. For your groom. You went through all of this process. I can guarantee you. On July 22nd. 1977. I did not show up. At the Skeedy Assembly of God Church. In Oklahoma. If you don't know where Skeedy is. It's a suburb to the metropolis of Pawnee. (laughs) I didn't show up there that day. In ragged jeans and a t-shirt. I put all the effort I could into looking my best. You have to remember, it was 1977. (laughs) I look at those wedding pictures and want to go, what were you thinking? (laughs) It looked like my big fat Greek wedding. Lace from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I was a lot of lace. (laughs) And of course, Pastor Mark looked like a dream in his baby blue suit. (laughs) We did our best to look our best, to present ourselves to one another acceptable, prepared. Spent all day preparing. I did. I don't know how long he spent. He spent spent a little bit of time circling the statue in the middle of the town of 100 people. There is a statue in the middle of this little bitty town of cheap bacon rind and Colonel Walters. I'm serious. Signing a peace treaty. They're shaking hands. And pastor couldn't remember which way to go at the statue. So he circled it a few times, but he did get to the church on time. (laughs) Woohoo. But we had just graduated from Raymond. We didn't have that much money. But as much money as we could put into that wedding, my dad paid for most of it. But at the time, it came to to buy the rings. We didn't have enough money for the rings. I didn't have any money left. We just graduated from Raymond. But I had a cow. I had a Jersey cow. Nice cow. Loved my little cow. When we became, I think it was like 12 or 13 years old, my dad gave us all a cow. But I kept selling off the herd. I just kept the mama. So came down to mama. I had a little Jersey cow. But, you know, I was willing to do whatever I could to present myself to my bride, to my groom, to my groom. Whatever it took for our wedding day to be as perfect as it could. I sacrificed little Jersey. I sold my cow so I could buy a pastor's wedding ring. But you know what? I wasn't sad about it. I was happy about it because I knew what I was.
was going toward. Hallelujah. I was going to walk down that aisle at that skeety assembly of God church on the arm of my father as Brenda Raylene Edwards. And I was going to leave as Brenda Raylene Thomas. Woo! There was preparation. There was separation. Would to God that the church would get that revelation. We are the bride of Christ. He's looking for, he's longing for, he's coming back for a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, without strife, without division, without backbiting. He's saying, oh, that you would be one. That was his prayer to the father. I pray that my church would be one as we are one, oh, father. He knew that there's power in unity and power in agreement. Of course, we'll never agree on little every little thing. I don't always agree with myself, but it's not going to make me be in strife. He said, just get in unity on the fact that I am your Lord and Savior. If you can agree with a brother and sister on the fact that Jesus is Lord, then forget all the other stuff you don't agree with them on and just rejoice that they're born again, just like you're born again. That's how we're going to become glorious. Get to that place of presenting ourselves to Him without spot, without wrinkle, without division. And it's not just about people that you don't agree with. How about your brother and sister in church? It's not worth getting in strife if they sit in your little holy seat. Your name's not on it. It's not worth fighting and bickering over all these little petty things. Let's center in on what's important. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He died for us all. He came to earth that we would be saved. And he's coming back again. Hallelujah. For a glorious church. A glorious church. Now, not only does the body of Christ have some work to do. But you know what? We must honor this temple that he has given us. We honor the body of Christ corporately. But you know, we are caretakers of this body. Our bodies are the temples of the living God. Is your body glorious or grungy? And I'm not talking about what you're wearing. I'm talking about how you treat this temple 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. And we'll look at this in the Amplified. Do you not know that your body is the temple? I love this. The very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a prize purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. So then honor God and bring him what? Bring what? 
to him in your body. Do you not know? In other words, in our today vernacular, he could be saying, Hello, don't you know? You are a carrier of God. He lives in this temple, in your spirit. Jesus, the Holy Ghost, live in you. And then I like how he says, you are not your own. You just can't do your own thing. You can't say, well, I'll just whatever I feel like doing, I'm going to do that. It really doesn't matter. The choices that we make, the things that we do, they don't only affect us. They affect many people. Oftentimes, family members, your friends are affected by choices that we decide we make on our own. No man is an island. No man lives to himself. We are carriers of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. First of all, we honor him, but we should also honor this temple and we should honor other people. We should be aware of how our actions affect those around us. Hello, do you not know? God lives on the inside of you. Do you not know wherever you go, he goes. Do you not know whatever you let your little beady eyes look at, he's looking at. Whatever you say, he's hearing. Woo. An awareness. An awareness of God inside Mind it. It does matter. I've heard people say, oh, it doesn't matter. I can repent. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to do this and I'll just repent later. Don't live like that with that kind of an attitude. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of us. Of course, we're going to miss it. Of course, we're going to say things we wish we hadn't said or do things we know we shouldn't have done. But don't live with that kind of a casual attitude. It doesn't matter. I can just first John 1, 9 it. I've heard people say that. That's a crummy attitude. That's a grungy attitude. It's grungy and it stinketh by now. Live to honor and to glorify him. We are purchased with a precious price. Think about it. Heaven gave its best. For God so loved the world. He gave what? His only, only only there wasn't a second choice there wasn't a backup plan he didn't have three or four or five or six sons one beloved only begotten son he gave his best that's the price that we were purchased with the blood of jesus the precious blood of jesus And when I think about what he's done for me, I am not going to trample underfoot that blood, that price. I live to glorify you, Lord. I live to honor you, Lord, to be a temple, to be a vessel that is fit and meet 
for the master's use. I want to be in position for the power of God to flow through me. How about you? Years ago, Brother Kenneth Copeland had a vision and he saw this great big pipe coming down from heaven and water was just gushing out of it. And it was like it was gushing into him and it was gushing. He saw it gushing into this other pipe and on the end of this other big pipe, just a little squirt was coming out. He said, Lord, what is that? He said, that's my power and my glory that I want to manifest through my people. But so many of my people, their pipeline is clogged up and all that gets out is a little spurt. There's no problem on heaven's end of sending the power down, having the glory come down. The problem is, are we receiving it and are we letting it flow out of us? Amen. Washed by the word of God. Purified. Vessels of honor. Temples of the Holy Ghost. Temples of glory. A place devoted to him. There's a scripture over in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16. Verse 27. I want to look at this one in the King James. I like how it says this. Hallelujah. Glory and honor are in his presence. And look at this. Strength and gladness are in his place. I was reading that verse and that phrase, in his place, just jumped out at me. This building is his place. But you know what else is his place? Your body. Everybody put your hands right here and say, This is God's place. He lives in me. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And what did this verse say? In this place, there will be what? Strength. There will be gladness. There will be glory. There will be honor found in his place. What are we saying about his place? What are you saying about your body? Oh, you're so stupid. You're so old. You're so creaky. You're so leaky and all of this stuff. No, we need to start saying what he says about our body. We ought to be saying, I'm going to live long and I'm going to finish strong in the name of Jesus. And this body is going to run my race and I'm going to finish my course. My body's not going to give out on me until I'm done. Hallelujah. Till my race is run. What are you saying about the body of Christ? You know, some people say they don't go to church because there's so many hypocrites there. And I can't go to that church because, you know, this and that and all this. And they're unfriendly. And some of them have that holier than thou attitude. No. This place. What are we saying about this place? In this place, there's strength. There's glory. There's honor. They're the presence of almighty God. And there's another verse right along these lines. This place, we're going to see the presence of God. Psalms 29.9. We're almost done. Psalms 29.9. Again in the King James. Hallelujah. Anybody feeling glorious? I'm feeling more glorious. All that grunge may be 
fallen off of you in his presence. Hallelujah. This is what we are speaking here. Psalms 29.9. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forest. Look at this phrase. And in his temple doth everyone speak of what? Speak of what? In his temple does everybody speak how sick they are. Does everybody talk how weak they are? Does everybody talk about the devil this and the devil that? Does everybody in this temple talk about, oh, the recession. Oh, the oppression. Oh, how bad the government is. And oh, my, 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 how big and bad the Antichrist is. Is that what we're supposed to be talking about in this temple? Or in this temple? We're talking about both temples here. In this temple here or in here. In this temple doth everyone speak of his glory. Everyone talks about how good God is. Everyone speaks about his manifest presence. Because he is good. Years ago, and I can't give you the exact date, but Brother Hagen wrote this article. I think it could have been late 90s. Does anybody remember um, Y2K? Everybody was scared. A scared prayer ain't no account. You know what that means? Just getting in fear and, oh, God, help me get enough water stored up. I think I'll go buy a waterbed. Oh, God, I got I to gotta go online and get barrels of beans and bags of wheat and all of that stuff. I mean, it, some people were terrified. And he wrote this article, and I love this. He said, don't let things that the enemy is doing distract you. A harvest is coming. But instead of looking for the harvest, some folks are preaching, oh, it's going to get worse. The devil's going to take over. We'd better store up food and hide in caves. This is exactly what the devil would like us to do. If you're concerned about storing up food, we won't be focusing in on the harvest. But I'm not going to focus in on what the devil, uh, on the devil and what he's trying to do. I'm going to get ready for the harvest. Some folks are getting ready for the Antichrist. They're afraid. But I'm getting ready for the Christ. Woo! Hallelujah! We're not getting ready for the Antichrist. We're getting ready for the Christ because Jesus is coming and he is coming soon. Can I get an amen? We're not looking for the wrong Christ. We're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for the Christ and he's coming back for a glorious church, not a grungy group of people. Amen. 
in this temple, we are going to speak of his glory. Hallelujah. Everybody stand and we're going to make some faith declarations tonight. Hallelujah. Over ourselves, over our church. First of all, over our body. What is your body? What is it? What are you a carrier of? The glory of God. The glory of God. Now, so let's all say this. Say this with me. The greater one lives in me. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am a carrier of his glory. Of his anointing. Of his power. I am anointed. I am appointed. I am empowered. For this hour. I overcome by the blood of the lamb. And the word of my testimony. I will speak of his glory. I will speak words of faith. I will speak words of life. I will live long. I will finish strong. I am healed. I am whole. From the top of my head. To the tip of my toes. Now we're going to speak some things concerning this local church. If you're a visitor, will you just say this over your church? This is a dwelling place for God's presence. This is a harvest barn. Filled with souls getting born again. We call people in from the north, south, east, and the west. We declare there's great glory in this place. Signs, wonders, and miracles in manifestation. This is a place of peace. Of refuge. This is a safe place. We call this building paid in full. Years and years ahead of time. Now let's give him glory for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your glory. Hallelujah. That is in manifestation in this place. Oh.